Welcome to your go-to source for entertainment. Wait for it? Gaming? Wait for it? Anime? Plus Ultra! Mr. Eric Almighty and Phil the Filipino? Yeah, they've got you covered. And all you gotta do is wait for it. This is the Wait For It Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Wait For It Podcast and a brand new episode of Netflix and Phil. My name is Phil Smith, a.k.a. Phil the Filipino, and I am one of your co-hosts here at the Wait For It Podcast. Thank you all so much for joining us today. For those of you that are brand new, Netflix and Phil is a series in which I will recommend uh, different shows that you can find on streaming sites or movies in this case, in the case of today's episode, and in hopes that I can help you find something new to either binge watch or check out on a Friday or Saturday night and enjoy as much as I did. Big shout out to those of you who have been with us since the very beginning. We really, really appreciate you. And to all the new listeners, welcome. We are super happy to have you here. We have something for everybody here at the Wait For It podcast. And if you find yourself enjoying this episode, stick around to the very end and I'll let you know where you can find all of our content. Now, before getting started, I did want to speak about something that happened very recently that is very sad, very tragic, and that is the passing of fellow stand-up comic Eric Myers. A lot of you may not know that name. However, a lot of us in the comedy community were just absolutely devastated to hear this news over the last couple of days. And if any of you got the opportunity to see him perform live, then you know how special of a person he was. He was an absolute rock star on and off of the stage. Whenever I started working for Hyenas Comedy Club in Dallas, he was the first or second headliner that I ever worked with. And working for Hyenas was a big deal for me out in Dallas because it proved that I was able to be successful in comedy outside of Jacksonville, my hometown. And I came to this big city to hopefully make a mark, and I was at least somewhat doing that. I had never seen Eric perform before until the weekend that I worked with him, and I was just in absolute awe. For those of you that are a little unfamiliar with the process, whenever you are hosting for a comedy club over the weekend, you're working with that comic for five shows, typically Thursday through Saturday. And for the most part, comics will go off and do their own thing. They'll hang out in the green room or grab a drink at the bar. We don't necessarily sit down and watch every single moment of another comic set. There are just other things that we can be doing. But for those first few days, I found myself sitting down and watching Eric from beginning to end perform his act because it was just incredible. I had no idea where he found all that energy to consistently do it. And if you ever saw him perform, you would think that, oh my gosh, this person is probably insane in real life. And that persona off the stage was totally different. He was incredibly humble. He would go out of his way to support you and give you constructive feedback and criticism. He would sit and watch your set and let you know what he thought of it. He was just an all-around good person. And we lost him the other day very tragically. And it hit me very, very hard. And it still is. I'm still dealing with that. And I was speaking with a friend of mine the other day as we were trying to figure out why this loss was hitting us so hard, even though we had only really spent, you know, a a few days with him. I had worked with him that weekend. And then when I heard he was coming back in town at another hyenas club in a few months, 
I took the opportunity to again go see him and I wasn't even working that week and I just wanted to go see him perform again and also just hang out with him. And we came to the conclusion that when you share something that you are passionate about with anybody and you work with that person, you are bonded to that person for life. Even though I have not done comedy as much, especially because of the pandemic, I've kind of transitioned also more over to the podcast side of things. I still love stand-up very, very much. It is and always will be my first love. And seeing someone like Eric go up there and do what he did so effortlessly only made me want to work that much harder. Now, before I continue on with this episode that I I know you guys came here to listen to, I do want to recite some words that my friend Lauren put on Instagram that really captured the essence of who Eric was. Eric wasn't just talented, he was kind. He was from Florida, but incredibly important to the Dallas comedy scene. You'd be hard-pressed to find a comic he didn't help. I remember watching him get on stage and change the energy of the entire room. He was like a freight train. The crowd was dying and was genuinely bummed when he got off the stage so soon. I didn't catch his name, but I was in awe. Then I saw him on a show at Fort Worth Hyenas a few weeks later. I was so surprised it was him and grateful to see him perform again and find out who he was. Eric was one of the most disciplined people I've ever met, which is shocking for those of us who know what he struggled with. He wrote a minimum of an hour to two hours a day. He wouldn't stop until he had 10 new jokes, and he never did a show that didn't have at least one full new bit in it. I'm so grateful to have gotten to know him and witness someone work so hard and thrive doing what they loved, even though their life was far from easy. I'm so sorry to everyone who loved him. I'm so sorry to everyone who will never get to meet him or watch him destroy his stage. I'm so sorry to the hyenas family. I know Eric was like family and that you've all already lost too much. And I'm so sorry to his family who just lost his father a mere two weeks ago. I am so grateful I got to experience him while he was here. It was profound. Love you, man. So Eric, wherever you are, I hope that you have found peace. Thank you so much for everything. And we will continue to work hard because we absolutely know that is what you would want us to do. But guys, thank you so much for letting me do that here and use my platform to recognize someone that was very special to me. But you were also here because I promised you an episode of Netflix and Phil. And damn it, I'm going to give it to you. And today I'm going to be talking about one of my favorite romantic comedies of all time, and it's called The Big Sick. You can find it for free on Amazon Prime, and it's one of those films that came out a while ago, back in 2017, and honestly, I'm very surprised that more people don't talk about it. So let me tell you why I think it's so special. The Big Sick is a romantic comedy that came out in 2017. It was directed by Michael Showalter and written by Emily V. Gordon and Kumail Nanjiani. It's actually loosely based on the real-life romance between Nanjiani and Gordon, Kumail is a Pakistani comic who meets an American graduate student named Emily at one of his stand-up shows. As their relationship blossoms, he soon becomes worried about what his traditional Muslim parents will think of her. When Emily suddenly comes down with an illness that leaves her in a coma, Kumail finds himself developing a bond with her deeply concerned mother and father. Nanjiani plays himself in this story, and Emily is played by Zoe Kazan. The film also stars Ray Romano and Holly Hunter as Emily's parents. I remember leaving this theater when the movie came out and immediately identifying it as one of my favorite romantic comedies of all time. We're to the point now with rom-com specifically where just about everything has been done and it takes a truly unique narrative to stand out. And The Big Sick is filled with truly distinctive plot points. Hey everyone, I hope you're enjoying this week's episode of Netflix and Phil. 
Before we continue, I wanted to give a special shout out to this week's affiliate, Buzzsprout. Podcasting isn't really that difficult when you have the right partners. The team over at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. We use Buzzsprout here at the Wait For It Podcast, and we absolutely love it. They have a top-notch support team, as well as an awesome Facebook group that is perfect for networking. Matter of fact, a lot of the guests you hear on the Wait For It Podcast came directly from that Facebook group. Buzzsprout gets your show listed in every major podcast platform. You'll get a great-looking podcast website, audio players you can drop into other websites, detailed analytics to see how people are listening, tools to promote your episodes, and a whole lot more. You can start with any gear that you already have, along with a quiet space. I know so many successful podcasts that started off with just a pair of headphones and a $20 mic. If you ever want to upgrade, though, Buzzsprout has tons of resources to help you find the right equipment at the right price. So join us, along with over 100,000 other podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. Following the link in the show notes lets Buzzsprout know that we sent you, gets you a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan, and of course, it helps support our show. Now, with that being said, let's get back to Netflix and Phil. I'll speak first on the representation and diversity that is present in The Big Sick. One of the primary plot points that I mentioned there in the synopsis is that Kumail's immigrant parents are constantly setting him up with single Pakistani women, expecting him to follow their path of an arranged marriage. Now, of course, with Kumail growing up amongst primarily American customs, this isn't something that interests him. And it's this constant struggle between Kumail and his parents that I believe will be incredibly relatable to minorities specifically that watch the film. Now, there aren't necessarily arranged marriages in Filipino culture that I know of, but I did hear a lot of, you should meet a nice Filipino girl, or why don't you date someone Asian from my family? And this generational and cultural gap is one of the things that makes the big six so unique. It really sheds a light on immigrant parents struggling with the fact that being in a different cultural surrounding leads to kids wanting a different style of life. And no matter what your ethnic background is, I think most of us can relate to their parents having a set path laid out for them, whether or not you want to follow it. Next up, I have to mention the chemistry, not just between Kamel and Zoe, but also between Kamel, Ray Romano, and Holly Hunter. Now, being that Kamel basically lived this in his real life, it's probably not too surprising that the relationships and conversations feel totally organic. Some people stray away from the cringiest of moments, but not me, dude. I will watch the Scott's Tots episode of The Office again and again. I love it. And there are some truly Hall of Fame cringeworthy moments between Kamel and Emily's parents. And again, they're so natural and not over-the-top manufactured whatsoever. There's enough medical drama going on that the writers, of course, being Kamel and Emily, having <laughs> gone through this in their actual lives, they didn't have to shoehorn in some sort of over-the-top set piece in order to bring everyone together. And I'm happy we're seeing that a lot more from modern-day rom-coms. A few weeks ago, I covered Master of None, which if you haven't checked out that episode, make sure you listen to it immediately and go watch the show immediately. And I love that show so much because it's realistic. It's grounded in reality. Now, while the circumstances in which Emily gets sick are certainly not every day, the conversations and the arguments she and Camille have are real-life scenarios that interracial couples deal with on a daily basis. And don't sleep on what's going on with Romano and Hunter's characters as well. That's expanded upon very well, too, with their backstory. Now, one of the biggest highlights for me in The Big Stick are the parts of the movie that revolve around stand-up comedy. Now, while I haven't done stand-up as much as of late as I mentioned at the top of the episode, I still absolutely love it and love diving back into that world in any type of medium. And for those of you that wonder what it's like to be a struggling comic, this film does a really great job at portraying that constant grind. It's filled with shitty comedy club managers, open mics in front of five people, doing the same material over and over again, hoping to find that one variation of a joke that will impress the right comedy booker. 
Comedy is something that can bind you to a lot of people, but it's also incredibly competitive. And The Big Sick displays that even if it's not the primary plot point. The movie finds a way to navigate romance, comedy, and drama all within a couple of hours. Even now, four years later, whenever I go into a romantic comedy, I think to myself, okay, but is it going to be as good as The Big Sick? I'm excited to see more of Kamal as, of course, he is going to be in the MCU's Eternals franchise. His performance in this is honestly next level. And I actually had to borrow Peter Travers' words from The Rolling Stone, where he refers to Kamal's performance as a, quote, revelation, investing his role with grit, grace, and touching gravity. As Hollywood continues to progress, I hope we see more stories with minority characters. And of course, in the time that's passed since this movie came out, we've gotten Crazy Rich Asians, Always Be My Maybe, To All the Boys I Loved Before, etc. We're getting more stories featuring minorities, and I think that's absolutely fantastic. Emily and Kamel's writing on this film actually earned them an Oscar nomination in 2018 for Best Original Screenplay. Unfortunately, they lost to a little film titled Get Out. But folks, I don't want to spoil this movie too much. I want you to go check it out and enjoy it as much as I did. So that is pretty much it. I think you guys will really, really enjoy this, especially those of you who are a sucker for a good romantic comedy like I am. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Eric and I have so much planned for the month of March. Of course, we will be discussing WandaVision next week and what should hope to be a dream team collaboration with another podcast. So stay tuned for more information on that. But if you enjoyed this episode, as I mentioned, we have something for everybody here at the Wait For It podcast between entertainment, gaming, anime, conspiracy theories, all of that stuff. You can find our show wherever you're listening to your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, Amazon Music, Buzzsprout, and literally everywhere you can find your shows. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, that little purple icon, please do us a favor. Leave a five-star review as well as subscribing. That helps out a lot. And also, if you're listening on Spotify, please make sure you're following. We also have a brand new YouTube page that will be added to this month when we review Zack Snyder's Justice League film. Four hours of my life that I can't wait to waste. We're also on social media on Facebook and Instagram at Wait For It Podcast and on Twitter at Wait For It Pod. But everybody, that's it for this month's episode of Netflix and Phil. Thank you so much for joining me. Just as a reminder, we release new episodes every Monday and Wednesday, and all you have to do is wait for it. So, I heard you're looking for a go-to source for entertainment. Wait for it? Gaming? Wait for it! Anime? Plus Ultra! Mr. Eric Almighty and Phil the Filipino? Yeah, they've got you covered. And all you gotta do is... Wait for it. This is the Wait For It Podcast.